and uh, when the sun shines it just makes all the difference to our hearts so today um, I have news that unfortunately Rachel is unwell um, and together with her daughter um, not that, that the daughter would have prevented her coming but she's not well enough to be here and so I want to pray for them at the start of the service but also to pray for Paul because Paul we didn't know um, well I didn't know till this morning but <laughs> others knew about 10 o'clock last night I think and Paul has stepped up to the plate and is going to preach to us um, and I know that God gives us everything we need but I would just like to start with prayer before we begin so Father Lord I thank you so much this morning for the gifts that you give your people and as the family of Christ in this place we lift Paul to you today we thank you for the gift you have given him to preach so may he be blessed May your Holy Spirit give him everything he needs today. And may we have open ears and hearts. And as we pray for him, we pray for Rachel Gardner, who many of us know. And we are sad, of course, that she can't be here. But we pray for her and her daughter, who are unwell at this time. And her husband, Jason, who is curate at St. Peter's Harrow. May you surround them with your love. And may they be soon well. In your name we pray. Amen. So we meet in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we're going to rejoice in the Lord and give him praise today. So we thank you for the musicians and the singers and for all of us who are all going to join together as we stand to sing when the music fades.
Would you sit while Dennis brings us some news and notices? Good morning to everyone. Also, bringing out my notices. Um, a most important one, the notice sheet is wrong. <laughs> it's Tuesday communion is on the 17th of October, as usual. It's the 17th of October, it's Tuesday communion. It'd be great if several of you could, that come can make sure you come this week because we've got the Reverend Peter Ward from All Saints leading that one. So Peter Ward from All Saints leading Tuesday afternoon communion on the 17th of October. Rotors. New rotors are coming out soon. And Robert wants to know when you can't do it. So if you haven't emailed him, most of you have emailed him, I know. But if you haven't done it, have a word with him today and let him know what days you can't do it. It's particularly important this time because Christmas is coming up and a lot of people go away. So he wants to know who is available not only for Christmas, but for the rest of November and December. Light Night Party is on the 28th of October from 4 to 5.30. And if you can help, then have a word with Andrea there. She's smiling there in the sun, hidden behind her sunglasses. And the notices to be delivered to the roads are now at the back of church. So if you can take one of those roads and deliver it to the locality, that would be great. So light night party, 28th October. If you can help, have a word with Andrea. And if you can't, and but you can deliver some notices, then please help yourself. And I think there is a list up there of which roads have been taken. Thank you. Uh, who's got other notices? Paul. I seem early to be starting to think about Christmas, but it will creep up on us very soon. Uh, one thing we've done for a number of years now is the Operation Christmas Child Shoebox Appeal. Uh, it's an opportunity to share um, some love uh, and uh, some fun with children uh, around the world who might not otherwise be receiving Christmas gifts. Uh, it's a lovely way to demonstrate God's love to, um, to people in different parts of the world. There are leaflets and shoeboxes available at the back of the church. Um, the leaflets give you an idea of the sorts of things that you can include. But I've got a, a shoebox here to give you some examples. So if you're, if you're a knitter, if you're good at knitting, um, then hats and scarves are useful, but also um, toys like these uh, hand puppets here. Got a hat in here. Hygiene items, uh, toothbrushes, toothpaste, soap, uh, flannels, that kind of thing's good. Some toys, maybe a, a toy car, uh, a wow item they suggest, so maybe one big toy um, along with some other stuff. Uh, we've got some puppets in here, pens, stationery, all kinds of stuff you can buy. And I actually really enjoy doing this every year because if you go around the shops, it's amazing what you can pick up for not very much money. It doesn't need to cost a fortune to, to pack a shoebox full of stuff that will be a really lovely gift for children. So if you'd be interested in doing that, um, we need to have them in by uh, Sunday, November the 12th, um, so that we can get them all sent off and they can arrive in time for Christmas. So if you're interested in doing that, please do help yourself to a shoebox and a leaflet at the back. Thank you. Thank you all. John? Good morning, everybody. Uh, thank you to everyone who contributed stuff for our exhibition we had in the Wickham Room last weekend for our opening. Um, we had that exhibition up during the week, but I've now dismantled it. So if any of you have got stuff uh, that you put in, please could you collect it from me? I've stacked everything in the vestry, so uh, please collect it from the vestry or see me. 
Uh, the other point is, if, if anyone goes into the kitchen here, please be careful because we have a, a leak from the roof light, so there's water on the floor. So please be careful and don't slip over. Thank you very much. Simon? Many of you will know that, remember that Harrow Council are planning to redevelop the Civic Centre, relocated to Wheelstone High Street. I know some of you have been to some of the previous drop-in sessions that have been held. There's going to be another drop-in session to discuss the proposals this coming Saturday, 11 till 4, and it's going to be on the first floor at Holy Trinity where they've had the previous ones. You, just, you don't have to stay for the whole session, you can just drop in. But it's a ch chance for you to have your say on what can be incorporated into the new building. Helen? Good morning, everybody. Uh, we're going to have a fundraising team meeting uh, after church. I don't know about half past eleven or whatever, um, to discuss uh, our next event, which is probably going to be on the 25th of November. So, if you'd like to join me and others, um, so that we can plan out the program, we're going to be meeting in the um, garden room. Uh, have your coffee or bring your coffee with you. Uh, half past eleven today. Thanks. Thank you. Anyone else got any notices? Back to you, then, Pam. A busy time. Do please encourage those who are organising things and think about whether you have a role to play as well, that you could help with these things. So we're now going to come to the time when we say sorry to God. And in preparation for that, remaining seated, we are going to sing Almighty God. moment of quiet let us think before God bring before God those things that are on our heart where we have done wrong and maybe where those things we've overlooked and just offer them to God so we confess our sins together Lord God we have sinned against you and done evil in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Please cleanse us from our sin. 
renew a right spirit within us and restore us to the joy of your salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So may the God of love bring us back to himself, forgive us our sins and assure us of his eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand to sing the Gloria. Today the youth will stay in and uh, the younger ones will go with Joan, I'm not sure who else, uh, to the meeting room. Uh, Let's pray as they go. Father Lord, we thank you for our young people and our children. We pray for all those who head up leading these groups, Sunday by Sunday and of course in the evening for the youth. May you bless them and may you bless all that they do today. In your name we pray. Amen. So sit while Anita brings us our first reading. <coughs> Today's reading, I'm reading from the Good News Bible because I felt it made more, made more sense to me, so I'm sure it made more sense to you. Um, it's, ch- it's chapter 3 of... Uh, Philippians, and uh, it's verses 1 to the end, uh, no, 1 to 11, actually. The true righteousness. In conclusion, my brothers, be joyful in your union with the Lord. I don't mind repeating what I've written before, and you will be safer if I do so. Watch out for those who do evil things, those dogs, those men who insist on cutting the body, It is we, not they, who have received the true circumcision, for for we worship God by means of his spirit and rejoice in our life in union with Christ Jesus. We do not put any trust in external ceremonies, 
I could, of course, put my trust in such things. If anyone thinks he can trust in external ceremonies, I have even more reason to feel that way. I was circumcised when I was a week old. I am an Israelite by birth of the tribe of Benjamin, a pure-blooded Hebrew. As far as keeping the Jewish law is concerned, I was a Pharisee, and I was so zealous that I persecuted the church. As far as a person can be righteous by obeying the commands of the law, I was without fault. But all those things that I might count as profit, I now reckon as loss for Christ's sake. Not only those things, I reckon everything as complete loss for the sake of what is so much more valuable, the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have thrown everything away. I consider it all as mere refuse, so that I may gain Christ and be completely united with him. I no longer have righteousness in my, of my own, the kind that is gained by obeying the law. I now have the righteousness that is given through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is based on faith. All I want to know, all I, I want is to know Christ and to experience the power of his resurrection, to share in his sufferings and become like him in his death, in the hope that I myself will be raised from death to life. This is the word of the Lord. If you feel comfortable to do so, would you stand while Sandra brings our Gospel reading to us? The Gospel reading can be found on page 989 in the Church Bibles, reading from Matthew, chapter 21, verses 33 to the end. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall round it, dug a winepress in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants seized his servants. They beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Then he sent other servants to them, more than the first time, and the tenants treated them in the same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? He will bring those wretches to a wretched end, they replied, and he will rent the vineyard to other tenants, who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures, The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvellous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you 
and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parable, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please take a seat. Shall we pray? Lord, teach us to recognise your voice, to know what you are saying to us, and to respond. Amen. So, this is a surprise. Uh, If you weren't expecting to see me here this morning, I wasn't expecting to be here this morning. Um, As the passage talks a little bit about the gifts God gives us and us giving our gifts back to God. Before I look at the passage, I did want to just uh, reflect on my, uh, the circumstances of my being here this morning. Um, it's a slightly uh, unusual situation. As you know, over the month of October, Jodie has been given some much-needed time off to spend time with Q and to work out um, his treatment, and I'm sure we're holding them all, uh, the whole family in our prayers at the moment. Um, But over the course of the month, one thing that does mean is that uh, much as uh, just missing Jodie and having her around, um, there are some practical issues to be sorted out. Um, A vicar at a church is quite an important person. Um, Jodie does a lot of work, so when she's not here, um, there's lots of things to be thought about in terms of what happens uh, at church. And one of the very important things a vicar does uh, is organise services on a Sunday morning. Now, we're very blessed at St Michael's uh, to have Pam with us, uh, and with all the experience that she has, and Pam's been uh, a huge blessing in, in taking on a lot of that responsibility and organising uh, the services over the, uh, the month of October. But there's various jobs that need doing uh, on a Sunday morning, and uh, obviously we've been looking uh, for people to help. And as someone who's done a bit of preaching on a Sunday morning, naturally enough, um, I was asked whether there was anything I could do. And it's one of those things, isn't it, that I felt that uh, God's, God's given me a calling to to uh, stand up here, mainly because I like standing up in front of people and talking. Um, essentially, I'm a show-off, but I think I see, I've, learned to see, I've learned to see that as a gift, because I realise that not everyone likes standing up the front and talking to people, and so therefore that's something God has given me that I can use um, to the advantage of the church, and that's a good thing. But when I was asked if I could maybe help out in October, I had to think about it, and I thought, it takes a lot of time and preparation to speak on a Sunday morning. And I'd spoken a couple of times in the last couple of months, and I was due to speak again in November. I've been quite busy with other things, and I thought about it, and I thought, I'm not sure if I've got the time and the energy to give to this. I felt like I should be helping out with something that I could do, but the timing just didn't feel right. So I said, unfortunately, that I didn't feel able to help uh, with that in October. But I did say, as you know, I don't mind standing up the front. So if we're really stuck, something happens at the last minute, and someone's not able to be here, you know, I'll, I'll give it a go. I might not put the preparation in, but I'll, I'll stand up there and I'll, I'll give it a go. So then, fortunately, for, for this week, we didn't have to worry about someone speaking because we'd already booked Rachel Gardner to come along and, and speak to us this morning. But at about uh, quarter past ten last night, John Sorter gave me a phone call and said, unfortunately, Rachel's not well. And you did say 
that if something happened at the last minute, you'd be willing to, uh, to step in. So my immediate response was, of course, don't be ridiculous. How on earth am I going to prepare a sermon between now and tomorrow morning? I was just about to go to bed. I was feeling quite tired. And I thought, there's no way. I said short notice, but really, John. And I think probably, I think probably that was the response John was expecting, in all honesty. But I thought, well, maybe God has a plan in this. I did say that. I did say that. And maybe God had called me to say that. So maybe there's something. I shouldn't dismiss this out of hand. Maybe I need to think about this. Perhaps I'll look at the passages and, and God will drop a sermon into my head, ready formed, or something like that. Something will happen. So I said to John, I'll have a look. I'll have a look at the passages and I'll see if I can come up with anything. And I had a look and it was this passage from Matthew. And I thought, well, that's familiar. I've spoken about that passage before. And I had a look through my notes and uh, three years ago, because the uh, lectionary readings come around every three years, um, I gave a talk on this exact same passage. And I thought, well, probably people won't remember three years ago, so that's all right. <laughs> but it just goes to show, yes, if anyone does, I do apologise. It's a repeat, I'm afraid. Uh, it's like watching daytime television. Um, but, but it's amazing how God gives us these things. And I just knew that, uh, that God had intended um, that that's, that was prepared. Um, so... Uh, we'll have a look at that reading. So Matthew 21, 33 to 46. And it's on page 989 of the Church Bibles, if you want to have a look at it. Um, the parable of the tenants. Now, I don't know about you, but I find this parable quite uncomfortable reading. I wasn't expecting to be doing the talk today. I haven't had long to prepare, so I wanted to keep it nice and light. So I'm glad we've got this nice, cheery parable in which everyone gets beaten up and killed. Lovely. So what's it all about? Well, verse 45 gives us a handy clue. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. The image of a vineyard with a watchtower and a wine press would have been very familiar to the Pharisees. This was an image used by the prophet Isaiah, and he was helpful enough to explain what it represents. Isaiah says, The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel. And if the vineyard represents the nation of Israel, the tenants, those left in charge of the vineyard to make sure it produces good fruit, must be the religious leaders, the Pharisees. They are the ones who were chosen, trusted, to look after God's people. But when God sent his servants, the prophets, to collect the fruit that belongs to him, the Pharisees rejected them. They beat them, stoned them, and turned them away. But surely the Pharisees will respect God's own son. Of course, Jesus already knows what they will do to him before they've even done it. In verses 38 to 39, he says, But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Jesus tells this parable as a warning to the Pharisees. If it feels uncomfortable, it's meant to. He's trying to open their eyes to what they're about to do. He's trying to make them understand the consequences. He asks them in verse 40, Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? And the Pharisees condemn themselves with their own words in verse 41. He will bring those wretches to a wretched end, they replied. And he will rent the vineyard to other tenants 
who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. And of course, those other tenants are the Gentiles, the non-Jews, who were not originally part of God's chosen nation, but who had been given a chance because they are obedient to God's Son. So there you go. Simple as that. This is a parable aimed at those nasty Pharisees. It's not aimed at us, so we don't need to worry. Marvellous, job done, I can go home. Except, I'm not sure it's quite as simple as that. We're so used to reading stories in the Bible about the Pharisees trying to get Jesus arrested and killed that we automatically think of them as the bad guys. We forget that they were actually the good guys. They were God's chosen people. They were the righteous and respectable. If there was anyone you would have expected to have a place in God's plan, it was the Pharisees. But Jesus had a habit of turning everything upside down. The good guys in the parables are often those that would have been seen by everyone else as wicked and undesirable. Which group do you identify with, I wonder? Are all of us here the wicked and undesirable? Or do you think that people who go to a church on a Sunday morning might be seen as righteous and respectable, as God's chosen people, the kind of people you would expect to have a place in God's plan? Of course, that's not really the point. Jesus isn't saying it's better to be wicked and undesirable than to be righteous and respectable. He's saying that none of that matters if you don't follow him. And that, you will say, is the difference between us and the Pharisees. Because the Pharisees rejected Jesus. They had him arrested and crucified. Whereas we accept him in our lives. We acknowledge him as God's son and we do not reject him. But look again at the parable. Look at why the tenants did what they did. Verse 34. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants didn't reject and kill the servants and the son because they didn't recognize them or because they didn't acknowledge their authority. They rejected and killed them because they were selfish and greedy. They wanted to keep all of the fruit for themselves instead of giving back to the landowner what was his. And that resulted in their downfall. It's not enough for us to simply acknowledge who Jesus is. We have to be prepared to respond to what he asks us. If he asks us to give back what is his, we mustn't try to hold on to it, to keep it to ourselves. Because everything we have belongs to God. That's not to say that God will ask us to give up everything. There's no suggestion that this is an unjust landowner who will be prepared to see his, ten- his tenants starve. But, what get, what, but whatever God asks for is his by right. He may ask us to give up some of our money or of our food. He may ask for some of our time or talents. And now's a good time to be thinking about what we have to give. We've had a challenging time over recent months with the building projects going on around us. Now it's complete. Now it is the harvest. Now it's time to give back to God what is God's already. If we are blessed with what we need for ourselves, it's worth considering what we have that we can offer back to God. It's worth listening to God's messengers and understanding what God is asking from us. We're entering a new season at St. Michael's. 
The building project is complete, but not yet paid for. We still have funds to raise. Perhaps you have some money to give, or the time and energy to help to organise the fundraising events with the team that's meeting today, or to help the team that's applying for grants. Perhaps you can help on one of our rotors on a Sunday morning, or take part in or lead other activities that will help to serve the community, to make good use of the space we have, and to draw people in to join us in seeking to partner with God in building God's kingdom. If you feel God is nudging you to do something new, don't ignore it. Pray about it. Talk to someone about it. And heed God's call. Amen.